0: Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. So, we talked the first week about the tabernacle model of prayer, and we talked about how in the Old Testament, It was a way of approaching God, a system of approaching God that had been put in place for specific reasons. But because of what Jesus has done for us, we now can use it as a model of prayer to approach the Lord ourselves. So powerful, right? Week two, we talked about Jesus's prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we talked about how it's probably the most impactful prayer that we have recorded in scripture. And the reason for that is because there's not one of us in this room, there's not one of us who have ever lived on this earth that wasn't impacted by that prayer that Jesus prayed and what that looks like to truly pray while listening for him and to him and allowing him to transform our hearts. And then last week we talked about David's prayer of Selah. How many of you took some time this week? How many of you had moments where you had to truly Selah this week? Anybody practice that? Yeah, the power of pausing, but not just pausing, pausing and weighing and valuing. And I need for you to know that if you've missed any of those Go online to the Church for All Nations YouTube page. They're all there for you to refresh and share however you choose. But we've been going back to this anchor verse found in Ephesians. If you look in your Bibles or it's on the screens, Ephesians 6, 18, this has been our anchor verse. And Scripture says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. So we, I love how we've been unpacking the fact that there's different kinds of prayers. There's not just one way to do it. And in reality, we should be praying all the time. Does that mean we lock ourselves away in a closet? No. It means that we're praying first in everything that we do, that that's our first response. And I have to tell you that tonight we're going to talk about a prayer that clearly the enemy doesn't want us talking about. Hello. But I have to be honest, I didn't want to talk about it at first. I argued with the Lord a lot on this one. Anybody argue with him? Just me. I mean, like, my name could literally be Jacob. Like, I'm just, like, wrestling with the Lord, like, no. And the reality is, it's a prayer that I believe, after studying it for the last couple months, after allowing the Holy Spirit to unpack for me elements of this prayer, I realized that the principles in it are so powerful That the enemy has twisted it even in its teachings in a lot of the American church. And so what I'm realizing is that the principles are so powerful that usually one of two things happen, that either they are taught incorrectly or the pendulum swings and they're not taught at all. Tonight, we're going to talk about the prayer of Jabez. The prayer of Jabez. And to be honest, a lot of you, especially if you've been following the Lord for a minute, you've heard of the book, The Prayer of Jabez. Anybody read that? Great book uh, by a man named Bruce Wilkinson. Not my uncle. I get asked that all the time, right? Oh, Wilkinson, Prayer of Jabez. It's like, no, no, no I'm Wilkerson. That's Wilkinson, but I would love to have those royalties. Yes, Lord. Just saying. Come on. No, uh, Wilkinson, and it's a phenomenal book, but what has happened in the church in certain teachings that we deem prosperity teachings, which, by the way, the Lord does want you to prosper as your soul prospers, but again... The enemy swings that pendulum, and what happens? It's this name it, claim it type teaching. Oh, yes, in Jesus' name, brand new Lamborghini, bam. And I don't believe that's what this prayer is about. Okay, so if you're looking for a new car tonight, just kidding. So tonight, I want to look at the prayer of Jabez. Let's, let's start by reading it together. It's found in 1 Chronicles 4. It's a very short prayer. Isn't it cool that really powerful prayers are super short? I love that. It's like the Bible was written by a you know, mom with young children. <laughs> All our prayers have to be short. <laughs> Lord, help me. Woo! Okay. 1 Chronicles 4, starting in verse 9. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Well, then, his mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. So you have to understand, underline the word Jabez. His name actually means pain. Verse 10, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory!" Exclamation point. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm, so that I will be free from pain. And God granted His request. God granted His request. I feel like we need to unpack a little bit of the background of this entire chapter, because if you look at, or really the whole book of First Chronicles, how many of you have ever done a Bethmore Bible study on First Chronicles? Yeah, it doesn't exist. <laughs> right? Nobody reads First Chronicles to unpack the depth of First Chronicles. Why? Because it's a book of genealogies such and such begat such and such begat such and such begat such and such or if you're reading a more up-to-date version right it's these are the sons of these are the sons of these are the sons of these and how many of you have gone through maybe you're doing like reading the whole bible in a year and you get to first chronicles and you're like dear lord why this is so boring Why would you list all of this? And I have to tell you, a few years ago, I had that argument with the Lord. Lord, this is so irrelevant to my life. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to tell you, I remember it like it was yesterday. The Holy Spirit speaking to me in that moment and say, "You need to hear the message from these genealogies." I was like, "Well, what do you mean? The message. There's a few things that I believe every list of genealogy shows us. You might want to write these down, because this changed the way I read these. Number one: people matter to God. People matter. Number two relationships matter right number three and these are not our points for tonight so I'm not breezing through the sermon my media team's freaking out they're like these are not the points (laughs) number three identity matters names right and lastly legacy matters And so every single time now that I go through scripture and read those genealogies, I'm less frustrated because it's just a cool reminder of like, oh, Lord, every single person matters. What they passed on matters. Relationship matters. And that's exciting for me. But in the middle of this entire chapter in the middle or an entire book in the middle of 600 names the Lord pauses and says wait I got to tell you about one that's like next level I got to tell you about one that's honorable above all of his brothers and in that passage it didn't just mean his immediate siblings Right? He was honorable above all of his brothers. And he gives us just a couple verses about this one man. And then lets us know that his prayer was, in fact, answered. And so I believe tonight that if we unpack these couple passages about Jabez, that the Lord will give us new revelation on exactly how we should pray. The mindset in which we should pray and another model in which we can pray. Let's look back at 1 Chronicles 4. We've already read it, but I want to look at it again. So Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. And I told you in the Hebrew, Jabez literally means the word pain. Now you guys, I've heard some bad names before. Like, that's terrible. Like, yo, your mom named you pain. Like legit. No, I, but I have heard some bad names. I have a friend who teaches in, well, I won't tell you the state because that might actually sound weird, but she teaches in another state. How about that? And she taught twin boys, okay? And their names I love this. Orangelo and Lamangelo, okay? (laughs) Spelled orange jello and lemon jello. That's amazing. (laughs) Like I don't care who you are, that's incredible but that's not nearly as bad as my friend who's a nurse, a pediatric nurse, and walked in to the delivery room, handed the precious lady who was, let's be honest, probably drugged up. Thank you, Jesus, for drugs. Those kind. And and when she handed the baby... To the lady, the, the woman said, oh, thank goodness. I was really having trouble coming up with a name. And I appreciate you already naming her. And they said, I'm sorry, ma'am, what are you talking about? And she said, Famali on her bracelet. Female. Come on. Come on. Yeah. There's some bad names some of us are slower than others it's okay we got time you'll get it in about 30 minutes so when you leave here tonight if your mom is living text her and say thank you for not naming me famali some bad names but what we don't realize that It wasn't just a bad name. In that time, in that culture, your name was actually prophetic over your life. This dude's mom named him Pain. Like, how do you think that boded for his match.com profile? Well, my mom named me Pain. I am not dating him. Think about that, Pain. And we laugh, but most of us in this room have had labels given to us before, yeah? Names spoken over us, prophetic words, prophecies that people wanted to be our future, names that we've given ourselves, things that we thought totally defined us and would always be our identity. Whereas Jabez is named Pain, maybe you feel like your name is divorce. Maybe you feel like your name is bankruptcy. Maybe you feel like your name is moral failure or worthless. Whatever label that's been given to you, we can relate, right? With Jabez. Whose name was actually Pain. But I want us to look at what this man who was named Pain. I want us to see exactly what he approached God in this prayer concerning. Look with me again. First Chronicles 4. So we read verse 9: Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in Pain. Verse 10. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. Now, I got to be honest with you, knowing now that his name actually means pain, knowing that this was a label that had been given to him, this is something that probably caused him a lot of grief and suffering. Wouldn't it make sense if the man named pain cried out to God about his pain? That would make sense, right? Right? And it wouldn't be wrong, but here's what I want you to see tonight about the prayer of Jabez, that while this man named Payne could have called out to God about his pain, he instead called out to God about his promise. He chose not to go to God about all of the baggage that people had tried to ascribe to him. Instead, he went to God about his purpose and his promise. And that's the very first point I have for you tonight. That you and I can learn from Jabez in that God is calling us to pray for his promise and purpose. Pray for God's promise and purpose. I love how beautiful it is that Jabez cries out to God, not even based on what Jabez wanted. That's what I love. In looking at this, unpacking what the Lord had, it was so obvious that Jabez didn't even go to the Lord and say, God, here's my list of exactly what I want. He actually says, God, I, I want what you have for me. In verse 10, 1 Chronicles 4, verse 10, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, oh, say oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. I love the way the NASB says it. The NASB says, Now Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Now, we don't totally get the power of that, but that word indeed in the original language was like, he put a hundred exclamation points on it. Like, yo, Lord. I want you to bless me, God. I want your blessing for me. Now, don't miss the power of this. Because in the middle of this entire book that I believe is about identity, about relationship, about legacy, in the middle of this book, you have this guy named Payne who stops and says, Lord, I want what you have for me. Now, see, we kind of throw that word blessing around, right? We throw the whole word around constantly. Oh, you know, bless her heart. If you're Southern, that means that I'm about to say something bad about you. (laughs) That is real talk. Bless her heart. Did you see what she had on and here's another really strange one that most, most people from around here don't realize. Like, my mom even uses this. Well, he blessed her out, meaning that he, like, yelled at her and, like, gave her a real hard, like, stern talking to, right? He blessed her out. That is not a blessing. No. No. When we thank the Lord for our food, right, we call it a blessing. Really, in the original language, Jabez is not asking for things. I love the power of this. Don't miss this. He's not asking the Lord for a bigger house or a new car. All of those things are fine. Please don't hear me wrong. Those things are are great. That's not what Jabez is asking for. In the original language, he is asking that the Lord... Bestow upon him everything the Lord has for him. Lord, oh, that you would bless me indeed. God, I want everything that you have for me, not what I think I should have. God, I want everything that you have for me. And you know what? I was thinking about that today. I was thinking about this idea that we so often think we know what we need. And, and I was reminded about one of the first times that JF traveled home with me. I grew up in Georgia. And one of the first times that he traveled home with me, I wanted to take him to this amazing fish fry place in our little town. And when I say fish fry, you guys are thinking like cod and halibut and salmon, eh, uh-uh thank you. Catfish is what I am talking about. Some dirty old catfish that is so good. Oh my goodness. Next level good. And so we walk into this place that looks like a shack, but it's like incredible. And I hadn't really taught, I mean, it's obviously fish fry, blah, blah, blah. And my husband, John Fulton, Pastor JF, he's like, I don't know. I probably feel like, you know, I'll just get like a burger. And I'm like, are you thinking? (sighs) But it was new. So I didn't say anything. I just smiled. (sighs) Sure. Okay. And I order and he orders and the precious man behind the counter knew he was an NFL. If you've never heard me preach before, I grew up in a town named Lincolnton and NFLs or anyone not from Lincolnton True story. That's what we call all of you. <laughs> so, and we really we just using casually. Like, oh well, you know this one NFL. Anyway, um, so he knew he was an NFL, and so he you know oh, okay, and um, he brings him the burger, but on the side brings him catfish and hush puppies. Glory to God. And in that moment, my husband tasted the catfish, and his life was forever changed. What do I tell you that for? He didn't even know what he wanted. He thought he knew what he wanted. But in reality, the creator of that meal, the maker, knew what he had need of (laughs) in a way that he couldn't even know because he hadn't experienced it right in its fullness and there's so many times that you and I are praying for things and we are so certain that we know exactly what we're supposed to pray for and the Lord's going no let me just move you along right Jabez said oh Lord, that you would bless me indeed. Meaning I want the fullness of everything that you have for me. And some of you need to hear this right now because there is a God. There is a God of the universe that not only loves you desperately, he loves you more than you could ever fathom. And he has so many gifts for you. So many gifts for you. But so often we confuse the why of these gifts. And I want you to look at that with me right now. And if you have your phones, I have a couple things that I know the Lord's shown me that are legit Twitter worthy. Maybe you want to write this down because you're going to need to come back to this this week. And I wrote this after looking at exactly what that blessing part means, I wrote, blessing isn't asking God to do for us what we want. Blessing, asking God for blessing is not saying, God, please do what I want. True blessing is asking him to do in us what he wants. What he wants. How often do you pray that way? How often do you truly say, Lord, I want whatever it is that you have for me. But there's always a deeper reason. There's always a deeper reason. And you guys know my pet peeve, right? My pet peeve of us knowing part of a scripture, but not the fullness of the thought. And even yesterday and today, I was texting some of my friends in ministry. And I said, Complete this thought. You have not because you ask not. But nobody knows the rest of that passage. That's not the end of the thought. Look with me at James 4. The NIV says it like this. You do not have because you do not ask God. This is not the end of the thought. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. Some of you are wondering why God hasn't answered your prayers. And I'm not here to tell you why he hasn't. But I'm here to ask you, what have your motives been? Are your motives, God, just bless me. I want this and this and this and this and this and this and this. Or is it, God, I want what you have for me. But here's what I want you to see. What are the proper motives? Because I believe that Jabez had the proper motives. He understood that God always calls us to ask for blessings so that we can be a blessing. God has called us to ask for blessings to be a blessing the proper motives there are things that you've been praying for and you're gonna have to be real with yourself tonight and ask the Lord okay God search my heart why was I really praying for that was it just for my own comfort just for my own pleasure why was I really praying for that look at why Jabez was praying I love this, I've never seen this before this week. First Chronicles four, we're looking at verse 10, it says, now Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my border. Most of my life, having known this scripture, I thought he was asking for more stuff. Asking for more things. Do you know what I realized this week? He wasn't asking for more things. He was asking for more opportunity. He was asking for more responsibility. More territory always meant more responsibility. What if you prayed, God, bless me with whatever you want to give me so that I can have more responsibility? More people to serve. I love the, the NASB says, enlarge my border, which, and I wrote in big letters over my Bible, stretch me. God, I want everything that you have for me. And I want you to stretch me. Woo. You better be careful praying that one because God answers those prayers stretch me God I want I want blessings meaning I want everything that you have for me so that I have more opportunity to bless others and this is found all throughout scripture all throughout scripture look at Abraham in Genesis 12 we see God's calling and promise to Abraham. He says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. There's that word, bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And here, don't miss this. All peoples on earth will be blessed. What's that word? Through you. you. Through you. God is looking for people not just to give to. He's looking for people to give through. Are you that person? That he can pour out on you everything that he desires for you because he knows that he can trust you to bless others through it. In that moment to allow him to not just bless to you but to bless through you there's so much power in that friends and you need to know some of you right now and i pray for you all week i prayed for you some of you are so miserable right now you're so miserable because you have made your life all about you You've made your life all about what God can do for you and what you have going on. And you're not opening your mind and heart to see what God wants to do through you. And I even wrote this down. I wrote, your happiness and your joy have nothing to do with not having problems. You know, I've been to third world countries and seeing some of the happiest humans on the planet. Your happiness and your joy have nothing to do with you not having problems. You know what it does have to do with? You not understanding your purpose. The fact that your purpose, you exist for God to bless others through you, for God to love others through you praying his power, praying his promise and his purpose. Number two, pray for God's presence and power. So the first one, pray for God's promise and purpose. And the second we're called to pray for God's presence and power. And these last two are really short. Because I think that these two answer the how. How can we better pray God's promise and his purpose in our lives? And I think it comes with these two. Pray for God's presence and his power. Look at 1 Chronicles 4. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Look at this next part. Let your hand be with me. Now, we don't always understand that colloquial phrase, right? Because we think give someone a hand, oh, that means applaud them. But all throughout scripture, we see over and over this picture of the hand of God being a symbol of his power and a symbol of his presence. And so Jabez understood Lord, if I'm gonna live out, the purpose you have for me, if I'm going to live out the promises that you desire for me to have, God, I need your power. Lord, I need your presence. Holy Spirit, I need you. And there's tons of places. You can write these down and look at them later tonight. In Acts eleven twenty-one, 21, we see in the early church, scripture says the hand of the Lord was with them. And as a result, a great number believed and turned to the Lord. People were coming to the Lord because of God's presence and power in their lives. If you go home tonight and look at Joshua 4, scripture says that the actual hand of the Lord dried up the Jordan and the Red Sea. God's power and his presence. First Samuel, the hand of the Lord destroyed the enemies of God's people. Exodus 9 the judgment that came on Egypt because of how Pharaoh was handling all of it the hand of God his power and his presence changes everything quite a few years ago more than I'm willing to admit right now especially having just had a birthday (laughs) I had this deep-seated desire I, I you guys know that I was a professor in psychology before I was a pastor and something about teaching at the collegiate level and teaching at really reputable schools man I craved that I'm sure it had everything to do with like pride and ambition and but this idea of getting my PhD in this specific area and that accomplishment, man, I craved that. And so when I finished my master's at Vanderbilt University, I literally, (laughs) I prayed so consistently that the Lord would allow me to get my PhD in psychology and go in as a professor. And I prayed it and I prayed it and I prayed it and I never once asked God if it's your will. Because I wanted it. And guess what? The Lord made it happen. I enrolled, uh, I got accepted to Clemson in uh, an incredible PhD program. They paid my way. They were paying me to be a student there. Had assistantships and... It was all lined up I was the only American admitted into that program and I couldn't wait so I moved to that little town in South Carolina to start my PhD program and I have never been more miserable in my whole life I got exactly what I begged God for and I never dealt with suicide more in my whole life I never cried more In my whole life the misery that i experienced why because god was making me miserable no no but i was moving into what i wanted to do right and he's there with me because he'll never leave me or forsake me but i didn't have his power on my life the way i'd experienced because he said okay you want this here And let me tell you, I, I, there are no words. I remember having this conversation with my parents. I was like, I cannot continue to do this. I, something about God's presence. I know he's with me, but I, it is. And then I started to realize, oh, I did this. I did this. I forced it. I begged God, right? So in that moment, I asked God, tell me what to do, Lord. I want your will. God, you know the desires of my heart. You know, but I want you more than I want anything else. Any of this other stuff. God, I want you more than any of the other stuff. And in that moment, all I heard was Nashville. Well, that doesn't make sense because Nashville was where I had just left for my master's and I thought, oh, that's my flesh, like just wanting to go back because it felt like home, you know? And the lord woke me up with that nashville nashville so i went to the school and i explained to them that i was going to take a sabbatical which is totally allowed you can take up to a seven-year sabbatical in academics and i explained to them i'm going to take a sabbatical i packed up my stuff within a month i'd moved to nashville the day the day i moved into my little apartment in nashville I got a call from my dean at Vanderbilt. She said, I just heard you're back in town. I have an adjunct professor position. I want you in it. But I didn't finish my PhD. I haven't defended my dissertation. It doesn't matter. You're it. The job's yours if you want it. Now, if you're not in academics, you don't realize, like, that is the position. It is like the coveted everything. And ladies, it makes no sense that I got to do that. None. But in that process, I learned, oh man, I don't want to make one move if it's not led by the hand of God. I don't want to make one step. And can I tell you, That as your pastors, Pastor JF and myself, we don't want to make one move without him. And that's why we just finished 21 days of prayer and fasting. That's why tomorrow at noon, we will gather in this lobby like we do every single Wednesday for noon prayer. That's why before services on Sunday, we have intercessory prayer upstairs. And during the actual services, we have intercessors praying because it is horrible to be without the presence of God. I don't want anything if he's not in it not one part of it, his power and his presence. And I'm gonna close with this. Jabez understood this. He understood that he's to pray for God's promise and purpose. He's to pray for God's presence and power. And lastly, we're to pray for his protection and provision praying for God's protection and provision over our lives. Jabez, 1 Chronicles 4, chapter 10. We're going to read it again because we learn by repetition. Amen. Amen. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. I want what you want for me, God. Stretch me. I don't want you to just Bless the two. I want you to bless through me. Amen? Let your hand be with me, God. I don't want to make one move without your presence, Lord. Not one move without your power. And keep me from harm. If you want to underline or circle that word harm, it actually means temptation or evil. And I wanna stop right there as we close because you do need to understand that the more you move into what God has for you, the more attacks you will experience. Pastor JF and myself have never been more attacked than we are right now. Never. We've never experienced spiritual warfare. And we've been in some pretty wild places. He's traveled throughout the Middle East in war zones. We've been in Haiti right after the earthquake, pulling dead bodies out of rubble. We've been in the middle of areas of witchcraft. And right now, because we are experiencing exactly what God has called us into, and the peace that that brings it brings attack and so in those moments where you think oh i must not be in god's will because i'm getting attacked no, 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 no. you got it backwards right and so you're to pray lord keep me from temptation keep me from evil keep me from going back to all the things that you've brought me out of And before you think that you're too holy, even Jesus said to pray that way, right? Keep us from the evil one. You've never been closer to sin than you are in the moment where you think, oh, I I would never do that. He said, Lord, if you would just protect me, and I wanna close with this says, keep me from harm, keep me from evil, keep me from temptation, so that I will be free from pain. Free from pain? But pain was your name. Some of you need tonight to realize that in your prayers, In in the middle of that entire book that's talking about identity, that's talking about relationship, that's talking about legacy. God says all those things that have been spoken over you, those labels that you thought were prophetic over your life. No, no, no. I free you from that. I free you from that everything that you thought you would always be and you could never get no 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 i free you from that in jesus name and the last part of that passage says god granted his request how cool in the middle of all those begats in the middle of all that list god said whoa whoa wait i gotta tell you about this one dude got it right and I wonder tonight if we could just begin to shift our prayers shift our prayers to truly focus on praying God's promises and his purpose Lord I want whatever you whatever you have for me God Yeah, Lord, I have desires, I have ideas, but you know what, Lord? I want what you want for me and not just one thing that you want for me. God, I want all that you want for me. But Lord, I don't just want it for myself because I understand your purpose. So while I ask you to bless me, Lord, I want you also to stretch me because I understand that you bless so that I can be a blessing. Your blessings aren't just two, they are through Help me to grasp that, Lord. And maybe we start to realize that we're to pray for God's presence and his power, Lord, that your hand would be on me. God, I I don't want to do anything without your presence, Lord. I don't want to make one move. I want your power to be a part of every single part of my life, God. And if you're not totally in it, God, I want none of it. None of it. And then lastly, praying for his protection and his provision. And you need to understand that in that word provision, meaning what he's provided for you, someone needs to hear that with all of that, he's providing a new identity. He's providing a new name. He's providing new vision, new understanding, new revelation, a new future, right, for you And for me, I want to challenge you to start to pray this way. And you can quote it right out of Jabez, but you know what? I like to change the words. Because for me, those words, exactly how Jabez prayed it, they don't really mean to me how I would say it. And so I want to encourage you this week, begin to pray it in your own words as you understand it pray pray things that are so big that God has to do it. What do you mean, Pastor Ashley? If you can do it yourself, don't pray about it, just do it. God, I pray that you would send cookies to the neighbor. Really? You got Toll House in your fridge. Make the cookies and take them, right? Pray something so big that if God doesn't do it, you're going to look stupid. That's how I pray. And it's terrifying. (laughs) But it's awesome because it's got to be him. It's got to be him. How else is he going to get the glory? If you can do it, he won't get the glory. You will. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, thank you, thank you for the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, for this example of Jabez and exactly what he prayed. Thank you, God, for this model. Help us, Lord, to grasp what it really means to ask you for your blessing. Help us to understand not only the promises, but the purpose for them. God, help us to practice it this week as we trust you in everything we do. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.